The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Um, boy, I've been thinking about this passage. Brother Levi Armacost preached it. Chad DeLotel preached it. And uh, there in the end of it. So you can turn there. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 17 through 21. Uh, Ephesians three seventeen through 21. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. I always love that verse because it seems like you have four dimensions there. Um, it seems like there should be like depth and width and height, but there's breadth and length and depth and height. Um, and, and to know the love of Christ, how mysterious and unsearchable and wonderful is the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, verse 19, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. Again, that thought. Unto him be glory in the church. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. But we want to make sure, uh, oh God, you are glorified. In this church, we want to make sure you are glorified, and that's that's so important. May God be glorified in this church, and it means we have to be a clean church. Uh, we're sinners, so there are some things that are going to make sense to us that don't make sense to Him, and and there are some things that sometimes we justify because eh, I took a good look at it and I gave myself permission to thus and so. But when God looks at it, I don't care about what he sees. I've decided what matters is what I see. And that's not true. If there's going to be glory to God in this church, we're going to care about what he sees. I I just want to talk about bringing glory to God um, in our life. But I I want to kind of talk about our social media presence. Our social media presence, especially our young people, I, I, we got maybe it's an elephant in the room a little bit, <laughs> but we need to start talking about that elephant in the room. It, the, the unsaved world, they'll, they'll talk. We got to watch our social media presence. Uh, that this one guy who's just talking about time management, and he goes, "Well, you got to got to watch that social media. I'm not even on there. It's designed to keep you anxious." And fearful. It's designed to keep you coming back to FOMO. The fear of missing out. Just like the news isn't designed to report the news. They're designed to sell the news. They have to keep you addicted in some way. They have to keep you fearful. Keep you coming back. Or else they don't make any money. Boy, our social media presence, we... We, we act like it's this other world that God's unaware of. And what foolishness is that? What foolishness is that? 
when I was a kid, there, there wasn't any social media. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll tell you a story from my childhood. And then, and then because there was no social media, I'll have to pull some of the principles into the modern day just a little bit. When I was, a, when I was young, uh, there was a, a young man uh, just about my age I got to know when I was growing up. His parents were uh, in the ministry. And uh, one day he moved away. It happens. It's a part of life. Um, well, every year, my family, we would make the trip from Utah out to see the grandparents in West Virginia and Pennsylvania. So we'd make the trip, one of the highlights of our year, to go see the cousins, go see... Well, this year, on the way through, we stopped in uh, to see this, this family that had moved away. Oh, I'm going to see my friend again. So we stopped in to see him. I was pretty excited to see him. The, the, the place he lived was near some cornfields. I remember thinking, wow, as far as the eye could see, cornfields. Everything seemed pretty interesting there. Uh, pretty soon he's like, hey, I'll show you my room. Okay. Uh, seemed pretty normal. We, we ran in there and, and, and what I saw shocked me. On his wall was a picture of the Chicago Bulls cheerleading squad. Not the Chicago Bulls. Not the guys. No, not the basketball players. The cheerleading squad. You know, and uh, they weren't dressed right. Uh, and, and I'm just like, what is that doing on this fellow's wall? Unbelievable. He, I'm a Christian. He's a Christian. What is this doing on his wall. And the problem was not that I happened to be a Utah Jazz fan. <laughs> that was not the problem. And to this day, it still hurts me to see the highlight of Michael Jordan shoot from the top of the key over Byron Russell to put away that last game. I, I can't watch it to this day. Alec knows if he's watching highlights he has to walk away or turn it down. It's just too painful. The point was not that I happened to be the fan of a different team. The fact was that there was immodest girls on his wall. And I was trying to figure out why. How could this be? Form-fitting. Uh, uh, outfits immodestly short. Now there in, in, in 1 Timothy 2.9, uh, this is in the Bible. 1 Timothy 2.9, it says, uh, In like manner that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. I was looking that up uh, in Sorensen earlier today, and, 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 and the flow of, of the language talks about the, that loose, uh, lengthy garments that are loose, and lengthy. Garments that are loose and lengthy. And that did not qualify with what I saw on his wall. The idea of conservative comes in there. Not showing the shamefacedness and sobriety. These, uh, th th it's a mockery to call those a skirt. <laughs> it was a mockery. It's almost like, it, it's a joke. The majority of the thigh Uncovered, And the Bible says that's nakedness. Even back with uh, 
the, 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 in, in, back in uh, uh, Israel, in Exodus 28, 42 and 43, it says, Thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. From the loins even to the thigh they shall reach. They shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near to the altar to minister in the holy place that they bear not iniquity and die. You know, you know, say, well, that's the Old Testament. God used to care about the thigh being covered. Really? You're going to try to say that he changed somewhere between there and the New Testament? Really? That thigh should be covered, and it was not. Men, get that thigh covered. Not these skimpy shorts. Girls, get that thigh covered. It matters to God. And on his wall, they were in this, and I'm thinking, what world did I, I just walked into the twilight zone. I thought you knew the Lord as your savior. But unfortunately, I was a young teen and the cool side of me was screaming, pretend like this isn't that big a deal. Pretend like this isn't that big a deal. Pretend like this isn't that, oh man, that cool side, I I had one, believe it or not. (laughs) And I'm like, I did. I'm like, well, what's what's going on over there? And he's like, oh, I I like the bulls. And they have a pretty good dance squad. And I'm like, do they? Is that the story we're going with? You like the bulls and they have a pretty good dance squad. Um, the whole thing shocked me. No matter how he excused it, I'm looking at a fellow young man and I'm like, no matter what story you're telling, you and I both know why that's on your wall. No matter what story you're telling other people, no matter what story you're telling yourself, I'm not buying it. You and I both know why that's on your wall. No matter what garbage you've you've told somebody you've convinced yourself you and I both know why that's on your wall (sighs) young people and and older folks we need to have glory in the God we need to be we want to glorify God in this church and I pray most every day oh God if we don't have your blessing on this place, we don't have anything. Oh God, would you bless the church? Without your blessing, we don't have anything. And purity matters to him. Purity matters to him. Boy, we put God dishonoring sinful pictures and videos. And it's not our bedroom. It's, it's the bedroom of our social media bedroom wall. There it is tacked up there. And the youth are saying, I, well, well, I, and they have some fabrication of a story. Why it makes sense for that to be on their wall. And just like it didn't make sense for him, it doesn't make sense for your social media bedroom wall or whatever either. Anyone with any spiritual sense know that doesn't belong there. Pictures with nakedness. 
immodestly dressed girls and even guys. Uh, CCM, the worldly sound, or even just straight rock and roll talking about filth and disgusting things. Worldly entertainment being glorified on there. Boy, and, and I got to thinking, I'm looking at him and I'm just like, again, I, what, just, what world did I just walk into where that's allowed? Christian parents allowing that on your wall. I, I got to thinking about his parents. I don't know. I don't know why. they. It, he didn't hide it. He didn't say, look what's under my mattress. It was right on his wall. I'm not sure what, what transpired in their mind to allow that to be there. I don't know. Maybe they respected the privacy of his room. Too much. But my Bible doesn't say uh, to respect the privacy of your child's room to the point you don't know what's going on in there. My Bible says in Proverbs 29.15, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. A child left to themselves, whether it be social media or whatever it is, a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. The rod and reproof, both, both. Use that rod, use that reproof. You encourage, you teach, you help, you spank. The rod and reproof give wisdom. I don't know, maybe they respected the privacy of his room, but, but they should have known that was on the wall. I don't know what else. Were they aloof? Parents? Ignorance is bliss? I just, I just prefer to think the best of my children and do no investigation because I might be proven wrong. They went along with it. Apparently they went along with his justification, his fabrication uh, for why that was on his wall. Maybe at some point they grew tired of restraining him. Parents, it takes work. It's hard. Eli got tired of restraining his children, didn't he? His boys. He got tired. Kids, I'm going to wear my parents down. Wow, you win. Guess what happens when you win, when you wear your parents down to the point where they can't restrain you anymore? You lose. I'm going to wear my parents. It's not a game. When your parents win, that's when you win. When you wear them down where they say, I just, I'm done. I can't fight with them anymore. Restraining them, it's too hard. I can't do it anymore. Boy, Eli got there. 1 Samuel 3, 12 through 13. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile and he restraineth them not. Maybe they got tired of restraining him somewhere along the line. Oh, it is so much easier just to let them have what they want. But it isn't better. Oh, just let the kids have what they want. 
Kids, can I tell you, I know that the little ones aren't in here, but young people, when your parents restrain you, it's because they love you. And it takes some spiritual understanding to, to figure that out. At first it says, they're always holding me back. The Bible told them to. The Bible says that if you won't paddle and you won't hold them back, you hate them. And your parents love you. Won't you grow a little bit spiritually and say, thank you, mom and dad, for restraining me because you loved me. It was hard work, but you thought I was worth it. It's easier when they're young. Hey, you messed up. You get swats and you're going to miss out on this fun activity or whatever it is. You restrain them. Well, I think sometimes we, we grow tired of restraining, but then something scary happens. When you decide not to restrain anymore, part of you slips out of parent mode into some other mode friend mode or something along those lines where you're not the parent anymore. You're the cool whatever when you let yourself slip out of that restraining mode. The problem is when you, when you slip out of that mode and you go, you know what? I'll, I'll let the school do my restraining for me. I'm tired of it. I'll let the church, I'll let the youth, I'll let them do my restraining for me. I'm tired of it. Well, when you've slipped out of parent mode into friend mode, you're just as resentful at them being corrected as they are. Because somewhere you slipped out of the right mode that God had for you. You're rolling your eyes right along with those children at the ridiculousness of their teachers and their pastor. And then you're shocked as you cut out the legs of their authority from underneath them, that they have no use for your authority either. I don't know. I got to wondering about those parents. Why? What what happened? How did that get on the wall? And why does that have a place in this home? I was disappointed in him for being content to live a life of dishonesty. And thinking so poorly of me that I'd be too much of a sissy and not enough of a real Bible friend to help set him straight. To feed me that line. I was disappointed in myself. I wasn't ready to confront him. I was, I was kind of speechless. I was shocked. But you know, the Bible says, woe unto them that woe unto them. I, I didn't, I didn't wow what was on the wall, but I didn't biblically woe what was on the wall like I should either. I was disappointed with myself. And then my old carnal nature, I was about to say I used to have one of those, but I very much still have one of those. My old carnal nature, wouldn't it be nice if your parents let you have stuff like that? And deep down, the answer was no. Praise God for parents that restrain me. Young people, I've I've, I've grown up and I look back and like, man, Lord, I was a jerk. (laughs) Young people, I look back, Lord, forgive me, I was a jerk to my mom. I was a jerk 
Forgive me, God. I was difficult to restrain at times. I was a jerk. But thank you, God, for a mom and dad that loved this jerk enough to say, I'm not going to grow tired of restraining him when he needs that restraint. Social media, you got to watch it. It can damage our testimony. Um, what, are you, what are you liking? What are you posting? Proverbs 22, verse 1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name. It goes beyond what you post. Uh, somebody has something inappropriate. And again, you, you look at it and say, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, God, God does, <laughs> but I don't. Now we're going by what I see today. Oh, you need to stop going by what you see. Ever. Learn to see things through what God sees. Having a secret social media account. It's going to be secret and nobody will know. Really? Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Do you really believe that? Do you know God as your Savior? Nobody will know. The Bible still says your sin will find you out. Have discernment for the things you like or you love. My wife, she'll come to me and say, oh, we're probably going to have to talk to so-and-so. Look at this inappropriate stuff. Like, ah, all right. I'll pray about that. And and Lord, help them to be soft. Help them to have a tenderness toward your correction here. And she'll say, no, no. And then what about all the, the Christians that liked it on top of that? Boy, talk about cutting the legs out from under your preacher. Would you have some discernment with what you like, what you love, Maybe their parents are trying to work with them and you confuse it when you just slap a like or slap a love on worldly things that is not pleasing to God, that is not pleasing to their uh, born-again parents. And you slap a like or a love on there. (sighs) Social media encourages people to express their opinions instantly. You don't have to think about... Proverbs 29, 11, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. Social media focuses on self. There's an egotism that it encourages. And I'm not saying you get on there, you're all wicked for it. And I know there's wonderful, there's wonderful ways of keeping in touch. Facebook Marketplace, selling all sorts of stuff. It's a tool, but for too many it's a God. Posting endless pictures of yourself is vanity. Girls with their glamour shots. Guys with their glamour shots. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 
Psalm 119, verse 37. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Boy, and then watch it. It, it tends to a, a, a grass. The grass is always greener mentality too. Boy, the prophet in the Old Testament, go to this river, so I, I will bless thee there. God has a there for us. God has a there for us and he wants to bless us in our there. But you spend a lot of time on... You're not careful enough on that social media and you, your heart longs to be everywhere except the there that God has for you. The there where God wants to bless you. The grass is always greener in some other place. God has a pasture. Your shepherd led you to a, a green field. You've got to be careful because another field will look better from a distance. But there's no better field than the field God has for you where he led you. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Are you in your there or are you longing for a different there? Is your heart on a far off place with the prodigal son? He came back, but is your heart still out there? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Boy, you get on there and you start thinking, boy, that, that, that ministry over there, they're, they're more loving and less restrictive. Right? I mean, and then the more loving is the less restrictive. <laughs> I mean, that just go, they just go together. Isn't that synonymous? I think we just talked about restraining and how that's the right type of love. Boy, that person looks so happy. And they don't, they don't do much for God. They're not busy for the Lord. Boy, they look so happy. That person seems to genuinely love the Lord and, and they aren't hampered by the, by the dress standards that seem so important in my church. I was so happy with my life until I saw theirs. Oh my, the longing for what this world has to offer. What Jacob's daughter, Dinah, Went out to see the daughters of the land, didn't she? I want. I have to know what's out there. I have to know what's out there. I was happy with what God gave me until I saw what I was going without that this world had to offer. But doesn't the Bible say no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly? From them that walk uprightly. Get in your there and walk uprightly in your there. And God will bless you. And God's blessing is everything. That's everything. 
That's everything. Back to Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 17 through 21. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. And what does God's love do? It constrains. It constrains. I love being constrained by love. The bonds of matrimony. I love them. I love the bonds of matrimony. I love them. My love for my wife, her love for me, it constrains. I love it. It's wonderful. I could spend all my time thinking about what I don't have because I'm stuck in my marriage. Oh, friend, I think too many Christians are living that awful life. Stuck with Christ. And what don't I have as a result? Forget it. I'm going after those things. The love of Christ constrains. Oh, won't you spend the time to ponder and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the knowledge with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. You want the power of God in your life? you got to be clean. Fairhaven, do we want the power of God in this place? We must be clean. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Let's pray.